Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn. We're talking about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello Bobby, glad to be doing another episode. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Battlefront series. As in the original Battlefront 1 and 2, and then the newer, like, 2000, what, 15, 15. 17? Yep. Battlefront 1 and 2. And I guess spoilers ahead, but I don't believe... I know the new ones don't have a storyline. I don't remember if the old ones did. I don't think it did. It didn't really have a storyline, but I mean, yeah, no... <laughs> There really no, I don't think there was like a conical like a campaign, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like anything storyline. It was just oh, as you went through, you unlocked more characters to play as. Right. So basically, spoilers ahead, but not really. So, Star Wars Battlefront is both a first-person and third-person shooter game, depending on how you want to play it. This game actually had many developers throughout its life cycle, Start with the starting developers being Pandemic Studios, who created the original Battlefield or Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2. The last two games were developed by DICE, which is owned by Electronic Arts. Coincidentally, these two games are also called Star Wars Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2. I don't really understand why game companies are doing that, where they make a game that is the same name as their like first one because then it makes the first one harder to find and google searches and it just it doesn't really make sense to me why companies are doing that but whatever they're rebooting it it's fine so the newer star wars battlefront game was also co-developed which um the battlefront 2 was co-developed by um centurion games and motive studios uh this is the So the first two games of the collection had quite a bit of success, resulting in the development of a Battlefront 3. But unfortunately, this game was scrapped, as well as other games within the collection. I don't know what caused this game to be scrapped. I don't know if it was funding or just short staff or just it wasn't coming together the way they wanted it to. Couldn't really find out why they scrapped it. There was a lot of different things online. But overall... It never made it to the final production. Some others that were scrapped were Star Wars Battlefront Online. And my assumption is this was scrapped because it was still sort of the early days of online gameplay. And it just wasn't as easily accessible and more difficult to develop. So this might have caused the scrapping of the game. There was also a game called First Assault and a conceptualized Battlefront 4. Which, I don't know why they conceptualized it if they weren't going to fulfill Battlefront 3, but whatever. But this one actually sounded really cool to me. There was rumored that this game would be of the perspective of if Obi-Wan went to the dark side instead of Anakin. So I think that would have been a really cool take on the Star Wars universe. But the release of the rebooted Battlefront 1 and 2 came quite a, came with quite a bit of controversy regarding in-game purchases, paid DLCs, sort of like the uh, RGN, like the randomly generated loot boxes. And this all basically stems from electronic arts and the way they develop games. They tend to do this a lot, so it was kind of a foreseen issue. And then the collection rate of in-game currency made it more difficult to buy things you wanted just from grinding in the game. So there was just a lot of overall heat coming from the fans. 
But despite this controversy, the game sold fairly well and allowed EA to make a second game, Battlefront 2, which I actually enjoyed more than the first one because they helped improve upon the mistakes they made, although they still made some mistakes. But we'll get into that a little later, possibly. So that is basically a summation of the first two and last two games of the franchise. Yeah, I remember when the first or the newer first Battlefront came out that everyone was really excited for it and then it was like oh my god and on the, it was pretty much a paid to win game. 100% paid to win. Especially when Heroes vs. Villains came out and they added new people that you had to pay to unlock and there were some that were arguably way better than like the rest of them i don't think it's even arguably they were like (laughs) my god so it was like okay so we're pretty much lost every time so and so Mm -hmm. character was on because someone paid 15 bucks to buy this character instead of grinding like 100 hours and then it was like oh congratulations you can now unlock one character and it's like are you kidding Uh uh-huh and actually so um one thing that I was going to say is there was also controversy. I don't know if this was confirmed or if this was just rumored, but supposedly Battlefront 1 was supposed to have a storyline and that never happened. So people were pretty upset with that. And people are like, why will we pay $60 for a game that doesn't have a storyline? But I don't know if that was actually ever true or if that was just a really popular rumor. Who knows? But speaking of grinding 100 hours to earn a character... I saw online someone actually did the math, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but basically you had to play, I believe, somewhere around 400 hours to unlock one hero or villain character. And that was if you got, like, an average amount of kills every single game, and you just did really well. So 400 hours is no small task. So it basically made it a force, forcibly made it a play, a pay-to-win, which was very upsetting. That's actually insane. 400 hours. I have. I just started a new game, Naraka, that came out like last week, and I put probably, I want to say like 20 to 25 hours in it already. And I don't have everything like unlocked, but there's a thing called talents that help you, like your passive abilities, like your dodging skills and all this stuff. And you can level each one of these what they're called glyphs to level five and i i forget if it's like every three levels or whatever you get it but like i haven't spent well i did spend money on the battle pass because i wanted a skin <laughs> but <laughs> disregarding cosmetics like just to unlock like all the glyphs and stuff i've been able to do completely without spending a single dime and that's i feel like that's a really good game model like have a game where you don't have to pay to win and people will probably pay money if they really enjoy it, like your gaming pass or battle pass or whatever it was. People pay money when they see value in a game. Did Battlefront ever have a battle pass? I feel like they did. did. <laughs> so that was another thing. There was a rumor that this game was going to have free DLCs for life, which would have been awesome. Like free DLCs, every time they make a new map, we get it. Well, they released, I believe, you got like two free heroes and I think two or three maps that were free. And then after that, they released, I believe, four heroes 
in four new maps, but those are only available to people who had battle pads. But from the kindness of their hearts, there was a week where you could play these characters that you had to have a battle pass for. You could play them for like a week straight to show how awesome these characters are. And then after that, they paywall them. And that may have been Battlefront 2, but it was it was one of the new ones. And that was not received well. This game had a lot of controversy, and it all stems from EA's money grab. I was about to say, as soon as you put EA on it, everyone mm-hmm. knew that it was going to be like that. And regarding the storyline thing, I, I'm pretty sure it was just rumor-based. I don't know. Maybe they originally said something about possibly being a campaign, but... I remember that as well, and I thought it was going to. It was more like everyone more like assumed there was going to be one because they said it was going to be almost like entirely multiplayer. And they're mm-hmm. like, it was basically they thought it was going to be like Call of Duty, like was going to have a campaign and then online, but it just had straight online. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right. It- I'm pretty sure it was rumor-based, but it was a heavily spread rumor, so it was really easy to um, get people's hopes up and let them down. Yeah. And if you don't know anything about Star Wars Battlefront, whether it's the old or new one, it's basically like your standard FPS game. You typically have two sides, except I think... I don't... Did they get rid of Command Post in, like, the newer ones? Unless yes. you were in a specific, uh, unless you were in a specific game mode, like an, an invasion one or something. Yeah, command posts. That's just kind of like your spawn point area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, command posts. I think. So basically, I think they tried to avoid spawn campers. So they had sort of like a a machine learning type thing to where if there was a lot of enemies grouped up in one area, they would spawn you to a different part of the map. But in certain ones, like sabotage i believe or turning point or infiltration some of those games where you had to get points then then you could choose where to spawn yeah because in the original game it's very much like your standard fps game as i was saying like two teams going at it to either a like score limit or a lot of times with star wars battlefront it was more like you both had a thousand points but it was more like deaths so mm-hmm. the first team to reach zero loses, and if you took like an objective or something, it would heavily damage the like enemy team or something. But in like the original, what you had were command posts, and so you could choose where to spawn. And then if you captured a command post, you could obviously spawn nearer to the enemy. And it actually made a lot of difference because if you were able to, like, say there were five command posts, if you were able to have three, you were technically spawning faster and more people because you had, like, AIs with you as well. You had more people fighting so you could take over. And then if you had, like, four over the one, you basically would almost, like, camp them because they wouldn't have much to go and they would die immediately. So it was actually imperative to get these command posts because they would dwindle their enemy's numbers a lot quicker. But other than that, you still had Galactic Conquest, which was a very big one. You had, I think in the newer ones, there's like Capture the Flag. There, Like you mentioned, Sabotage. There's like almost every standard FPS game mode there is from either like Battlefield, Call of Duty. It was in here. 
So if you were wondering what it was, it's just like your regular Star Wars. It's basically it's basically Call of Duty, but Star Wars skins and and vehicles sometimes and lightsabers. <laughs> so more like battle uh, battlefield because battlefield. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure you you're can right. Drive. That's you know actually that is a much better comparison <laughs> seeing that it's made by the same company. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> Much better comparison. Yeah, so overall, this franchise, I feel like has made a really big impact on our childhood. And it was, at least I don't want to speak for you, but this was like one of the most impactful games of like my childhood. Because this was one of my favorites, um, aside for Twisted Metal. But that was PlayStation 1. So, yeah, this game was just, I was obsessed with Star Wars as a kid. So being able to play and kind of experience the Star Wars battles and the uh, blasters firing and you see like the the just the bullets going th- through the background and just being able to see Wookiees and droids and playing as the Empire or the Confederacy, it was just a really fun experience. And then being able to play it with you since we played all our games together, that was fun because we could be on opposite teams or together. And just either decimate or test each other's strengths and see who would win. And I'm pretty sure you won most of the time because you were always better at games than me. So it was just a really fun experience to uh, have. And then when I learned that they rebooted it with Star Wars Battlefront 1, 2015, I was really excited. Because I'm like, this is going to be like my childhood all over again. Which, when I started playing it, it was really fun and I was... Like, not to toot my own horn, but I was really fucking good. It didn't feel the same, because obviously, like, that lust, like, that spectacular luster from childhood dwindles as you get older. But it was still a really cool experience, but with all the controversy behind it, it kind of took away some of that that sparkle. But overall, it's still a really good game, and I think it did help that I was really good at the game that made it more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. We played a lot of Battlefront. And I remember when, like, Battlefront 2 came out, when they first introduced being able to become a Jedi or Mm -hmm. a Sith, depending on, like, whose side you were on. It wasn't, like, I don't know if you could choose specifically who you were or if it was map-oriented on who you got to be. I think it was map-oriented. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, because in um, the one where it was... The Republic versus Confederacy. If you're on the enemy team, you'd be Darth Maul. But in a different map where it was Empire versus Rebels, you wouldn't be Darth Maul. So it'd be like a different map, different characters. So one thing I really loved about them were their statistics that they held. Because you could literally look at like almost anything. Your KDA, how you were good on a certain weapon compared to like other ones. Like if you were using the sniper rifle. And one thing in the original Battlefront 2 happened if you got so many kills with a certain class that uses a certain weapon, you could get the elite version of it. And like I played a lot of just basic clone trooper because it had your standard blaster rifle. And when you get that, you would get an elite rifle and it would become a three round burst. Normally, I honestly, I don't like three round burst weapons. Like if I played <laughs> Call of Duty, Battlefield, whatever, I'm not a huge fan of three round bursts. I like three round burst. <laughs> <laughs> but in Star Wars, 
Oh my god, that was so mm-hmm. freaking strong. You shot at one droid, and if you managed to headshot them, or like even hit their chest, and because it would have a slight recoil, so it would go up a little bit. So you just had to aim for their chest, and a lot of times it would still headshot them. Literally, any droid besides like a super battle droid would die in one shot because of this three-round burst. And what was cool about it is it was kind of like a lifetime achievement because it was like you had to get 500 kills or something with this and you would automatically start out with it in all future games. So what you'd have to do is if you, if I picked the clone trooper and I had the elite unlocked, swap to your pistol, swap back, and boom, you have your elite rifle right from the get-go. And it was so strong and it was just so cool because... It felt like it rewarded you for playing a certain character or class. Even if you only played like one character, it felt like it rewarded you for being good at that one character. The only elite weapon I actually hated was the freaking sniper rifle. Because in the original sharpshooter class, you could zoom in twice. But with the elite, you can only zoom in once and it becomes like a laser. And I just felt like it wasn't as powerful and I hated that I was limited to the one zoom because I'm like I'm a sniper like there would be a lot of good sniper spots but then it was like you can't utilize it with the elite so I absolutely hated the elite rifle so whenever I when I unlocked that I had to make sure I never swapped my weapon because I never wanted it yeah I completely forgot about those classes and I couldn't I can't remember if the jetpack trooper was one of those like elite classes or one of those characters that you had to play really well to unlock or if that was what, someone who, I think everyone had an elite yeah. weapon. I just don't remember I never unlocked the jet trooper so I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I can't remember if I was playing with you or if I was playing with a friend of mine where we had the jetpack trooper and that was a blast because you could jump up onto a roof and then it was basically a game of king of the hill because we'd both be jetpack troopers and try to kill the other and it was just a really fun game we would ignore the actual map match and we would jump up there and just do this like king of the hill match and whoever got it then would obviously spawn down and the other person jumps up there and they're king so it's just a really stupid little side game that we created i'm pretty sure if i remember i know the map it was bespin cloud city Uh just because it was one of the maps we constantly played and that was the one where you could fly over it at everything and another thing i know i'm talking about the originals a lot but like i have a lot of good memories with it because i think they did really well with it one thing i like i almost feel like the maps maybe it was just from like being a kid or something i feel like the maps were a little bit bigger in the original on some of them than they are in the newer ones because the newer ones i feel like they want you to focus more on like straight just confronting each other like head on but like a lot of times in the original there were so many ways you could like flank and like bespin cloud city is one of them so to kind of give you a picture of what this is like Imagine just different platforms. You had one big, it was very, it was symmetrical. So on one side, you had this one big circle. And then diagonal left and right of it, you had two smaller ones. So they kind of form a triangle. And then there was a middle bridge. And it basically was the exact same thing on the opposite side. 
And so the small triangle or the small circle ones, if you control that command post, ships would spawn. So you could go in and pilot them and like either shoot at the enemy on the ground or shoot opposing enemy ships. But one thing you could also do is if you were a jet trooper, you can fly to the roof of your middle building. And then you could actually fly to one of the smaller circles. Preferably without really much being like seen because most of the time it was AI. There would be a few that would shoot you, but for the most part, you could fly over there safely and basically back cap one of their command posts, which would one, stop their spawning, two, get rid of less ships in the air, and three, let you spawn literally behind enemy lines. So it was hard to keep if you even got it, but it was just so cool that you could literally flank around, dodge the entire battle instead of fighting on this main bridge and like back cap. But they, you could do that in like multiple different worlds that they had you on. Like there would always be some like secret way or some convoluted way that it would take longer and it would probably waste you a couple times, but you could sneak around and back cap. Where I feel like more of the new ones, it's really hard to do because they're just like, all right, here's the way in. You have three entrances. There's probably going to be a camper at this one, a camper at this one, and then the main one with all the fighting's at. Where this one was like, because I guess it wasn't online, you could be more strategic and try to be sneaky and almost go outside the map limits and go where the newer ones I feel like are a little bit more compact because they want you to more focus on the battle since it is online and not P not like pve so it, it's more like we don't want you guys running around the entire map so here be quick action fast which isn't necessarily a bad thing i'm just comparing the two yeah so i would agree and disagree so well i do agree that the map seemed bigger in the originals I think that might just be perception because there are like some really big maps in the new one or at least fairly big maps in the new one. And I feel like the maps in the old ones feel bigger because you weren't dying as much. So because we were facing AI, so it's much easier to just go do what you want to do. Whereas in the newer ones, they're larger, but there's more people involved and they're not AI. So they're a little more clever. So I feel like. I don't know, just the constant conflict between real people make it seem a little more close quarters. And especially like you do say, there's a lot of campers. So a lot of times when you're trying to get into somewhere, you're dying a lot. So you're constantly in the same area trying to overtake this camper. So it makes it seem like the map's smaller because you're being confined by people playing non-legitimately. So I think that might have some play to it. But like you said, the more online games like since it is more online they do focus on that rapid go 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 you always have to be fighting always have to be killing type thing so i get i understand both sides but i think it might just be perception but there are some pretty small maps when you do like heroes versus villains those are small but that's be due to the nature of the game yeah i think a lot of it could have been just perspective although i think the cloud city one was actually big because it was meant for I feel like half of the battle to be aerial. So mm -hmm. I feel like they made it big on purpose. Yeah. So you think, would like use the ships. I think Kashyyyk might have been pretty big too. 
If Kashyyyk I was, correctly. if I'm remembering the one you're thinking of, Kashyyyk, I think was pretty good too because you had almost like a wooden fortress one, and then all the way in the ocean. But mm-hmm. again, they had I a think... lot of vehicles there too. So I think whenever there was vehicles involved, they made the map a little bigger so yeah. you could actually get the full extent of like using the vehicles. And since we talked about heroes, just since you said, I think heroes changed map-wise. I think that was the only map that you could play as Yoda, too. Kashyyyk. Oh, I think so. And it was cool because the grass was so tall that you're just running through it. It was really cool. I fucking hated that. I remember (laughs) that now with a passion because whoever was Yoda and the enemy team... uh, Who was it? I think it was Sidious. Um, I believe so, yeah. It was because if you were the Confederacy, you'd be Sidious and then... Uh, the rebels or the Wookiees, you would had be Yoda. Yoda. And whoever had Yoda was basically a guaranteed win if they could unlock him. Yeah, because he was a fucking... He was so small, and when you and sprint, you literally were like on half the side of the map, and you're just like, what the fuck is this bullshit? And then just like in the movies, he just jumps around constantly, and like the only thing you could do with Sidious is to your force lightning, and just like, <laughs> just... just Oh, damn yeah. it. it was so gremlin? fun. <laughs> Gotta love that one. Also, one of my one of my favorite memories. Uh, it goes back to the original one. There, this is another map I know very well because it's one of my favorite. Is Camino, the ice planet, and there's a spot where you can go in like the ice caves, and then you. Like, you funnel in everyone pretty much, and then they get out, and right then and there is, like, two of the enemy command posts. It I was think Kamina with... was the water planet. There's two of them. Oh. At least in the original, like, Battlefront 1. Gotcha. It was uh, on this one. And, because I think a lot of them had, like, two, like, you were on the same planet, but on different, like, sides of it. Because I think Kashyyyk also had two different variants as well. Gotcha. Or maybe... Was it Kamino or Kamino? And I know for sure it started with a K. And it was it was called the Ice Planet. But anyways, there's a funnel where you can get into. So it was Republic versus the Confederacy. So the you know the droid tank? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah that, so, that tan one that levitates. Yeah. So if you're Confederate and you get in a tank, you could literally just stand at that hole and just shoot <laughs> and you'd get so many kills. And if you were public, it was a bitch to get out. It was basically a death trap. Like if you went through here, you were a death trap. But it was also a very high risk, high reward area. And by that is when I was playing, I managed to get through and because right in front of the... Like, if you manage to get through this opening, right in front is where their tank spawns. And you can steal enemies' vehicles if there's nobody in it. I darted, and I managed to get in a tank. And let me tell you, when you think it is impossible to go out through that cave, when you get in a tank in the enemy line... And you, your cannon is literally eye level with their spawn. Oh, you Done just, for. You just go to town. I ended up getting 
86 kills Jesus. and dying once. Because when the start of the game happened, I darted through the ice caves. I didn't even try to capture the command post because I know that AIs try to capture command posts as well. And so since there's two on the outside and there's like the ice caves is like the middle one. It's the one you typically fight over because there's you starting one, there's one outside and then the ice caves. So I darted through the ice caves, went straight for the tank and I just obliterated everyone. I got 86 kills, no or one death and I was like I have an 86 KDA. That is the highest I've ever had in probably any FPS game, any Star Wars Battlefront game. And I was just like, when I got it and I was just mindlessly killing everyone, I was so hyped. And I just, I had to tell this story because it's one of my fondest memories. It was so much fun. You were you were on track to getting a fourth nuke if you were playing Modern Warfare. <laughs> oh, it felt so broken, but it was so much fun. Man, it sometimes broken games are fun games, especially back in those days. I think one of the best things about the reboot was just the change in graphics because I think for its time, the original two actually had really good graphics for being, I think, a 2004 game. Yeah, for uh, PS2 game. Yeah. PS1. Sorry, I, I meant two, original... I meant 2004. Not a. Is it... Did I say PS4? Oh no! I was, oh. but I was just reiterating. Was the original for PS2 or was that PS1? And then Battlefront 2 was for PS2. Um, let me just double check that. Because I want to say one was on the one and two was on the two. Let's see. So, oh nope, it's um PlayStation 2. Um, the first one was a 2004 PlayStation 2 game. Okay. And Battlefront 2 was a uh, 2005. Gotcha. Yeah, so for its time, I think the graphics were really solid, especially coming from a game like Twisted Metal when we were binging <laughs> that shit. So we, we kind of jumped from Twisted Metal to Battlefront 1, which was a pretty significant jump. But uh, yeah, I think just the overall graphics, because when they rebooted it, one thing that EA is really good at is making a really good-looking game. And you can look at the Battlefield franchise and you can just look at that and see their record of just a really good-looking game. But I think the landscapes, they really did the landscapes justice in the uh, Star Wars series. Because you have Hoth and Endor, and you just uh, they have Sky City again in the second one. And you just see like these games that you've played before on the PS1, and you see them remastered. And it's just an amazing thing to see. So it was a really cool experience, and a lot of maps they recycled, not necessarily, or they recycled the idea, they didn't recycle the actual map, but they just, I think they did it such justice, and the sizes were great too. Yeah, because I remember I bought Steam, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 for like $3 or something, <laughs> and I wanted to reload the nostalgia, and I went back and I was like, oh my god, these graphics, I was like... I remember I was so impressed by this, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's in your 4.3 standard edition in the first one, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's not even widescreen! The only game that I can go back to and ignore graphics is Twisted Metal 2. It's so hard to go back to some of these PlayStation 2 games. 
And That's PlayStation true. 1. Yeah, some of them are like that, but luckily in the new one, it fixed all that. Like, it looked beautiful, and at, like we mentioned earlier, it had a lot of controversy because it, it felt like pay-to-win and mm-hmm. everything. In, but it still was a fun multiplayer game, and yeah. one of the ones I really enjoyed was the like Battle on Hoth, and yes. I think it had it in the original and the new one. Mm-hmm, I believe so. But, like, the new one, it just felt a little more clean, though I always felt the, what was it, the Empire, I feel like, had a big advantage compared to when you were the Rebels. Yes, because they had the AT-ATs that you had to destroy in the new ones, and man, those guys were bitches. Like, I don't even, I know you could use the, was it the W-Wing? Uh, I I don't know. I'm not good with the names. I know it's not the X-Wing, and I know it wasn't the Y-Wing. It was the one that looked like a freaking flying squirrel if it spread out in its uh, arms. That, like, glider-looking ship. But you could use the wires to, like, wrap around them and, like, instantly kill the AT-ATs. But it was so hard to do. I never once did it. Yeah, so I never, I don't believe I ever really did the the wire tripping either. I just, I think I mainly it's because I wasn't coordinated enough flying is what my main issue was. I let the, well, in the newer ones, um, I let the more skilled people flying around do the trip wire, and I just stick to ground forces. Yeah, I think I only seen it done, honestly, like a handful of times. I didn't really see it done too much. I just know you could do it because I've had, like I said, I've seen it done a few times, but I remember I tried doing it once and like I just never really understood how to fling like the wire out (laughs) in the first place. Yeah, I think that was that was a main issue of mine too. Because sometimes I could do laps, but flinging the wire was difficult. And then I think you had to detach it within a certain time period too, because if you didn't, the legs would break the rope. So you had to detach at the right time, and you had to do your laps yeah, quick. There was enough. there was a lot of stipulation. But, and then you had to worry about yeah, you had to worry about ground troops blasting you with rockets and stuff. So I just never worried about it. I wasn't. But I that think guy. with all the problems, I'm glad it was pretty much like a one shot if you managed to pull it off because it was a hard thing to pull off and it would feel nice if you did do it and <laughs> yeah. you're just like, yes. But that's not like so the one. The, yeah, that was one of the difficult things about um, flying, but it was just really cool to experience different vehicles on different maps in general. So, like, that Hoth map, you had those vehicles, whatever they were called, and you could ride your AT-ATs. But then in certain ones, um, like Endor, you had ATSTs and speeder bikes in the rebooted versions, which were just really cool to experience because in, like, Revenge of the Sith, or, um, Tiger Return... Oh, fuck. Which, I don't even remember episode? the names. The In, in the uh, sixth Return movie. Of the Jedi. Yeah, that was Return. All right, yeah. In Return of the Jedi, you have you see they have the scenes of them riding through Endor on the speeder bikes and everything, and it seems like a really fun thing to do. And as a kid, I was always like, man, I really wish I could ride a speeder bike. So in Battlefront Two reboot, 
you get to ride those speeder bikes and you get to battle with them. And my God, they're so fast and so hard to control. Like it was just really fun. So the different variations of how they were able to incorporate so many different vehicles across so many different, different maps was a really sweet experience despite the difficulty and the learning curve that it takes to yeah, use Yeah, I remember them. even in the newer ones, you could actually lay traps like they did in the movies where if uh, ATSC was walking, or is it, I think it, no, it's ATRT. Is it ATRT the two? Oh, the ST is I, the two legged? On, on, end, on Endor, the okay. AT, it's ATSC. ATSC is walking and like two logs will come and just boom, explode. It was awesome. I love doing that. Oh, actually, there may be an ATRT on Endor as well. I know there are ATSTs, but ATRTs are the ones that are not fully enclosed. They're smaller, and it's kind of like you just have like a saddle on them. Okay, no, it was ATSC because ATRT was used by the clones. That was the one that was uh, up or uh, whatever. So it was basically ATSC. I think was the pretty much the upgraded version of the atrt but yeah it's it's just really cool experiencing those different vehicles and some of them were easier to use like the atst was pretty cool some people were really good at killing them though so if you found you were facing those people it was really difficult to get a good amount of kills but sometimes when you have an average group of enemies it's just fun just ransacking them do you remember them and to them. the like conveyor belt wheel vehicles those were a oh, bitch yeah. to drive but they were strong Mm-hmm. those were really strong i like those ones too ah man the reboots or well just in general like the whole game and it just had a really fun vibe to it the vehicles made it, it just something else that you couldn't get from like call of duty and stuff like that the one thing i really enjoyed about it though like the one thing I like about the reboots over the old ones is your class customization. The fact that in the old ones you kind of had a copy and paste across, um, across teams with a few different classes varying on which team you were on, but with the newer ones, you got to make your own class, figure out what guns you liked, similar to any other first-person shooter game nowadays. But you were able to pick star wars weapons so that was even cool like that was a really cool feature yeah definitely gave you again more the like regular fps feel like the battlefield where you got to customize oh even if you want to be a clone trooper or you could use this kind of weapon i don't know if they really had stipulations because i think it was more like more than the recent ones it was just you were part of the army it wasn't really you got to choose necessarily. Maybe I'm mistaken. I think in the, the old, old ones, ones you, you had maybe like three. Yeah, the three old ones you had you set from. ones. You had like clone trooper, jet trooper, sharpshooter, engineer. Oh, oh, oh! I see what you're saying. You're saying in the new ones, you're just kind of there, and you get to pick yeah. your, your guns. Yeah, I think yeah. Basically, you're just a body and you get dropped in with whatever you want i can't except when you yeah. i thought maybe there was one game mode where you got to choose maybe well, i think there's a couple different characters and you get to choose which one you want 
but you can customize loadouts for those characters. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Because I know the old ones, yeah, it was I think that's how strict. It like, Sharpshooter had a sniper rifle, pistol. Clone Trooper had the battle rifle and pistol. Engineer mm-hmm. had, I think, some kind of, like, shotgun-type weapon. And then his, like, fission cutter thing. And yeah, it was like, you chose this class, you got those weapons. There was no swapping. Where in the newer ones, you had a lot more freedom with choosing, like, which yeah, one there you was- wanted. Yeah, there was a lot more guns, which I think it's a similar, like, this is a short-range weapon, this is a light machine gun, but there's a bunch of different kinds. This one shoots a little faster, this one's slower, but the power trade-offs and stuff like that. So you have to kind of figure out how you play and what weapons work best for you. Yeah, so it definitely gave you a lot more versatile, and like I was trying to explain, you are just more of a, a body in the army more than, like, Mm-hmm. Oh, you're specific. This you are made for this purpose, and then more so like in like I mentioned in like Battlefield two, or Battlefield Battlefront two <laughs> of the original, they added the Jedi's and Sith and everything that if you got certain amount of like points for either ca- capturing command posts or getting enough kills, you could swap to one of these heroes or villains. Which was a lot, like, everyone was so excited for that in, like, Battlefield 2. Because they're like, oh my god, I can actually play as Jedis now. And then, when they came with the new one, they made a whole mode for it called Heroes vs. Villains. Where <laughs> you, you gotta be a hero or villain. And you had to, like... Yeah, the entire game. Yeah, pretty much. And so, although I'm pretty sure in the regular ones, it was still the same difference. If you racked up enough points, it's almost like getting promoted in the army. That if someone else wasn't already the character, you could go in and spawn as them. Because when you were a team, if someone else like spawned in as Darth Vader, you couldn't spawn in as like Darth Maul or something until that person like died or whatever. Yeah, and with the newer ones, it was it was a little. I don't know if it was easier or not. It was more. With the newer ones, the more kills you got, the easier it was to purchase one of these characters for the game, for that specific game. But you could also do it if you're not good at killing. You could capture the objectives or destroy ships or do things that weren't, or get assists even. You get rewarded points, maybe not as many for getting a kill, but you could still eventually earn your way up to buying one of these characters for the game. It was a little harder, and sometimes when you would get enough points, the game would be close to being over. Or they would already be in play, so it was kind of annoying. But it did give you more options rather than just strictly killing characters in order to get these powerful characters. So that was kind of neat. Which I think is good because there's a lot of game modes that is like Mm -hmm. objective-based than just straight killing. And I always hated it when it was like, oh, you need to capture this spot. And I would see people just on the opposite side of the map just racking up kills and it's like cool you're getting kills but we're not gonna win the game like play the objective yep um one thing that was also cool about this one so the the jedis or the hero characters were very powerful and the stronger they were the more points they were to unlock but if you couldn't get that many points they offered less like um weaker characters that you could play as. So I believe if someone's playing as Princess Leia, at least in Battlefront 2, 
they gave two people the option to spawn in as like uh, royal guards. her bodyguards royal yeah royal guards and that was a really cool thing so you get a stronger character but it's not that strong but you get to have the the change of pace you got to see what it was like to battle with these guys instead of just being a, a warm body in the in the in the um trenches i liked in hoth whenever someone would spawn as a character or whatever you'd spawn as a like a clone trooper or whatever but you had like a mini gun mm-hmm. oh yeah. it was awesome you would mow down everyone and it, <laughs> just like a hero you had like more health than normal and like i've seen people as just this like heavy gun person kill like three villains with it because they just mow down people and it was just like sometimes i'd rather play them than the actual hero and i'm like I'm waiting for someone to spawn as a hero, so I'm like, Pam, I want to be the bodyguard. <laughs> it was awesome. I love them. Yeah, they were a pretty cool one. But one of my most probably favorite aspects of the game was a little game mode called Galactic Conquest. Of the originals. Of the uh, originals, yes, too. Of the originals. Because I don't know how different it is with the newer ones. Very different. Okay. This is the one thing I was disappointed about. I'll I'll talk about that in a sec. You sum up what the Galactic Conquest is. Galactic Conquest is the conquest of the galaxy. Boom. Right. Done. All right. That's it for this episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in layman's terms, it really is what it name is. So what happens is you start out at like a, a war table and you own maybe or you're in control of like one or two planets and then you see like the enemy has like three planets so then you pick a world to go in and you have to go and fight and if you win you gain control over that world it, like it joins your alliance or territory but the really cool thing i loved about this was you didn't start out with all the characters. So you had to actually unlock them. So like you only started out with the clone trooper or just the regular droid or rebel trooper. Like whoever you were playing, you would just start out with the basic trooper. And then you could unlock like the sharpshooter, the jet trooper, the engineer, whatever. But the thing was, you had to figure out what place you were going to conquer next to figure out if it was like who you needed because i remember one time i really wanted the jet trooper and i really loved the jet trooper so i started a galactic conquest and the very first thing i unlocked was the jet trooper so i had a clone trooper and the jet trooper well the only problem is the jet trooper only has the rocket launcher so it's not the most accurate not the most versatile weapon there is and so going into like the next little skirmish i had i like had i won but like i think i won with like 20 or 30 people left in my like arsenal and you had you start out with like 200 and i just had such a tough time because for the map i was going to the jet trooper wasn't good at like all there was no really like flying edges it was a like a city i think it was moss deep that you know that desert place mm-hmm. that has like all the like houses and stuff yeah so it was like, if you were a jet shipper, you could fly up, but like, 
it, uh, the people could easily just see you because it was a lot easier to see someone in the air than in all these buildings. And then when you were in the air, you couldn't really use your rocket launcher that well because like everyone was in buildings. So it was like you just had to use the clone trooper while everyone else had like all these other people. So you had to choose your like people carefully. But one thing that was cool is what like even if you captured a place, it doesn't mean that enemies won't capture it. So, like, if you went all to, like, the left planets, the enemy will move towards the right side where you're not at and, like, recaptured planets you already did. So, you'd have to actually... It was, like, a very strategic game. It was like playing Risk, but then instead of just relying on dice rolls, you actually went in and fought with it. It was so much fun. Now, like, to complete an actual conquest, even, like, on normal difficulty, from start to finish would still take you a few hours. So it wasn't something if you were just looking for a few matches to play in. But if you were looking for something that would take you like a few hours and have fun doing it. Oh, we did that. We did Galactic Conquest so many times. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun because it had that character unlock progression. So as you went on, you had stronger and there was like strategy involved and not just going in, fighting and everything. So it was just a lot of fun to like get to utilize your people to the fullest in order to win. Yeah. So let me tell you how this is in the, the reboots. So exactly what you described was one of my favorite things about the originals. Non-existent in the reboots. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was non-existent and it was very upsetting. So that was the one thing I was looking forward to. Like, th- if this, if there's any game that they're going to bring back, it's going to be this one. <sighs> Sadly mistaken. It oh, was I didn't even mention the best part. What is that? The space missions. Yeah, yeah, it is. So there would be times where instead of fighting a planet, you would fight fleets. And so you would actually have these space battles. And you would have to go in and like fly and shoot down enemy spaceships and it was typically a matter of who could destroy the other like spaceships quicker like there was nothing to capture so it was just you guys both started with 200 lives and first one to zero loses but one of the cool things and this is what made it so much fun was you could fly into the enemy hangar and yes. just straight up attack them before they even got in the planes. Or God, my that was favorite, that was the oh. strategy. <laughs> my favorite though was when you're the engineer or the pilot, whatever whoever mm-hmm. the class was. Oh my gosh, yeah. You had this like C four. God, I hated this. <laughs> and so what you would do is you would fly in the enemy hangar, jump on one of the planes, just place a whole bunch of C four get out to the back of the hangar and just wait for one of the AIs to go in. They fly out, bam, just destroy everything. Yeah, let me tell you, when we were on opposite sides of the team, that was the most frustrating things ever. God, it was so annoying. Like, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to just avoid you this time so you don't kill me. So I hop in a plane and it happened to be the wrong one. And yeah, boom. <laughs> I think one of the first times, I forget what happened, but it was either you did one of the first times either I did it to you or you did it to me. 
it happened and the other one was just like dumbfounded because it was just like, like what the fuck just what happened <laughs> because i think i didn't know at first i had like the c4 because the pilot has like a special ability or like a hidden passive or something if you have your little blowtorch thing out you can auto heal your ship wow, and that's you remember why you a remarkable amount of this game like all the minor details you're remembering (laughs) like i had to look up like when i was doing a little bit of research for this like i'm looking i'm like oh yeah they do have that ability i would not have remembered that (laughs) one if i did not read it like an hour ago (laughs) i told you i absolutely love this game i played so much of it but it had like uh so that's why you use a pilot because you could choose, I think you had a pilot and then like a regular trooper you could choose. Like you only had like two or three classes you could choose for in space missions. And I'm pretty sure it was like a pilot or you were basically a, a trooper. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why you actually chose a pilot to be a pilot was because of that ability. And then you could also do that to sabotage the enemy ships. But the only problem with that is they actually had to be in the ship. So you would have to like perfectly like hide yourself wait for them to get in immediately start it hope they don't realize it and they don't fly out into space because there's like a little force field that will keep you there but not the ship so if they didn't do that then you were like golden i think it would sabotage would automatically like kick you out and then allow me to go in it or something like that but yeah it was when i was playing that and i was like swapping through i was like wait what are these? And I found out they were freaking C4 explosive and it took, takes, I think, two to completely destroy your ship. And you yeah, started out with three. Sure, yeah. And that then the best part, right. the best part was if you survived long enough, there were these little droids that gave you health and ammo. And so if you go to like that trash can looking one was the ammo one. You go there, you can resupply your little freaking C4 explosive and just repeat the process over and over again. Gosh, it was it was fun. It was so much fun because, like, at first it would be frustrating, but then it was just, like, you would kind of just laugh because you're just like, oh, my God, like, how did I, how did I do this? Like, why didn't I just check to see if there was someone in my hangar? Mm-hmm. Who would have thought there would be an enemy in your enemy hangar? Yeah, that was a fun time. And that was the one thing I was looking forward to when playing the new one. I wanted to have those space battles where you could jump off your ship and go complete the objective, like blow up their ships and shit. But you couldn't. They either had strictly ground missions that had a few flying vehicles and land vehicles, or they had strictly space battles where you would just duke it out in space. But I wanted that mixture. I wanted the both you know (laughs) but you can't have both both. so um that's one thing i think the old ones will always have over the new ones is definitely mm -hmm. galactic conquest that was such a great implementation i can't believe they i agree the so yeah that was definitely a game mode that the old ones had over the new One game mode that I think the new have over the old, and this is personally one of my favorite game modes, is Heroes vs. Villains. It's typically a 3v3 battle of heroes and villains. So, three, actually, I think it's a a 6v6, but three people are heroes, three people are villains, and then three, 
or sorry, three people are heroes or villains, and then three are like troopers or yeah. rebels. So you go in, you get to pick any of the heroes that you have available, which in the first game, the first reboot, you only had three available because it was, an, a, it was a pay-to-play type deal. In the newer ones, they started giving some away, and it was really nice, so you had maybe six to choose from. So that was just a really fun one. You could, If you really had a strong team, it was an awesome battle because you'd go out, and if you were Han Solo, my God, that boy is OP. <laughs> but um, I was really good with the Emperor, so it's just like you have to figure out. Sometimes people will pick certain characters, and you know you have to figure out which ones are good to support those characters. So it was just a fun strategic game. And then once you died, you become a supporting role and help fight. But yeah, definitely one of my favorite game modes. And then hero hunt was also a really fun one, which involved heroes. Basically the the best game modes involved the heroes. Until it became pay to win bullshit heroes. Of course. Cause who was the dude? Who's the guy that had like a grenade launcher? Greedo. Greedo, that's it. That he was motherfucker. so busted. Mm-hmm. I think they nerfed him after a while. Especially in the, like, hangar map, where it was, like, yes. all corridors, and oh my he God. could just go in and go boom, 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 and, like, you had nowhere, like, you couldn't hide behind anything. The The explosions would kill you. Yeah, like, he was he was broken as fuck. I absolutely loved the heroes versus villains. I thought it was cool because it was like, oh, it's also a kind of a way to like test out the heroes. So like, if mm-hmm. you go into like a regular match, yes, you kind of know yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go with this hero instead. I really like the. I also like that like even Darth Maul and Darth Vader, though they're both Siths and they both use lightsaber, they had different abilities. Yeah, that was a really cool feature. It was just so fun because you got to test out and actually train with heroes or villains against real people without spending in-game points to do it. So it was really tough when you would go into like a 32 versus 32 conquest or something, and you got enough points for a hero, but you don't want to try anyone new because you don't know how they work. So this was a good way to jump in and actually figure out how they work, what their best moves are, how to use them properly. Yeah. Or if you weren't necessarily, like, the best person on your team and, like, everyone else always got it before you, so you never really got to try it. And Heroes vs. Villains, it's like, oh, you just died? Well, you can't be a hero, basically, until everyone else has a chance to Mm -hmm. or whatever. And everyone got to have a chance to be it. Yeah, you basically almost always had a, a good opportunity to... Like, you had a very good chance of being a hero or villain. So it was one of those things where these games were like 10 minutes long at most. So you could constantly try different ones in a short amount of time. So yeah, it was a, just an amazing feature. So galactic conquest awesome in the original, in the original two and then heroes versus villains amazing in the new ones. So those are, I think our top two game modes and really the only ones that are worth talking about because everything else is pretty straightforward. Capture the flag, capture the objectives, search and destroy type things it's a pretty typical first person shooter type game mode yeah not much like there's almost like the invasion one like i said with like hoth where one team i feel like has deliberate advantage over the other but you still 
if the rebels are good enough, they can still win. I've been in a few cases where I was the Empire and still lost, but like nine times out of ten, I'm like, if I'm not the Empire, I'm like, fuck. This yeah. is already an uphill battle, which makes sense because like in it the was. movies, they do lose. So it's like it makes sense why they would be at a disadvantage. It just it sometimes Sucked. sucks. <laughs> yeah, because if you were at a real disadvantage and the enemy was already better than you, it was like a steamroll, and you're just like, mm -hmm. all right, let's get this match over with already. Yep. All right, so that about sums it up for Star Wars Battlefront, the original and the reboot. So I think I'm going to leave us off with two facts, and that is, in the originals, in the original first one, the Jedi and Sith are not playable without the help of mods that are, of course, unsupported by LucasArts. So there was no actual way of playing a hero or villain in the very first game, which was then later added in Battlefront 2, which was an amazing addition. Like, I think that improved the game so much. And in Battlefront 2 of 2017, this is actually... The first game in the series to accurately follow the canon of the films. While the first two games, Battlefront 1 and 2 of 2004 and 2005, that were developed by Pandemic Studios, were um, pushed down to Star Wars Legends. They were demoted from, non, or from canon status to non-canon status because of the fact that they are old and do not follow the canon storyline. So and then along with all the other games that were released before 2015, so there was a bunch of side games that were like for mobile and stuff that I didn't mention, but those were all um, demoted to Star Wars Legends. Whereas I believe Battlefront One is considered canon as well. I feel like it is because there wasn't really any campaign, and it's just like, oh. I mean, obviously, if you lose, yeah. that's not typically canon. But, I mean, I guess that goes with any game. If you technically lose, yeah. it's like, well, <laughs> that's not canon. That wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, so I just looked it up, and it is considered uh, Battle Star Wars Battlefront 1 2015 is canon. So Battlefront 1 and 2 reboot, canon. Battlefront 1 and 2 old, not canon. Star Wars Legends. Fun fact for you guys. Pretty much anything not made by Disney when they yeah. acquired it became non-canon legends. <laughs> yep. So that will be it for this episode. Don't forget, if you haven't, show, show us some love and support on patreon.com slash weebspawn. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at weebspawn. I know we're slacking a little bit on, the, on our social medias, but we will get back to it and be active. And you can contact us at weebspawn.gmail.com. And just before we go, my question of the day is, what Oops. class is your favorite? <laughs> Mine would have been, a, honestly, a mix between the regular clone trooper and the jet trooper in the original. And then, like I said, if I could choose anyone in the newer ones, is those clone machine Gatling gun guys. I'm going to have to agree. I really like the jet troopers and those Gatling gun guys. Those are probably my favorite as well. But that will be all from us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weep spawn.